Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Association Leadership Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Association Leadership Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today, I got Zeb Wellborn with me, and he is with the Chino Valley Chamber of Commerce. Welcome, Zeb. Hey, thank you for having me, Lee. Excited to chat with you today. Well, uh, before we get too far into things, tell us about Chino Valley. Uh, where are you located and uh, who are you serving? Well, Chino Valley covers two different cities, so Chino and Chino Hills. We're about 45 minutes east of L.A. It's kind of a suburb area. Uh, we have a population of probably around 200,000 between the two cities. Uh, so that's kind of uh, Chino, the, the, the Chino Valley. Now, is there any dominant industry over there or is it uh, general kind of business folks? Uh, we have. So, so it's kind of interesting. We used to be known for our dairies. So we used to have a lot of cows and farms and things like that in our area. So I was born and raised here. So I grew up with all of that. The dairies have pretty much moved out of town completely. Uh, it's been taken over by a lot of e-commerce uh, retail or e-commerce that has come into town. So there's, you know, Walmart shipping facilities and things like that. There's also uh, a, a pretty heavy manufacturing sector in Chino. Uh, so we have some manufacturing businesses and now we're kind of shifting into like an e-commerce kind of distribution center area. So now how has that been for the people who live there? Have they been making that transition pretty easily or are you attracting a bunch of new folks to come into the area? Yeah, I mean, it's been really interesting. You know, like I mentioned, I was born and raised here. And so when I, when my parents moved here, I mean, there's really only like one track of homes. And uh, we were, my dad worked in Orange County, so he would travel to Orange County and he kind of said that there wasn't, there's no freeways or nothing. You know, he takes side roads and he'd have to stop for sheep to walk through the road and things like that. Uh, it's changed drastically. Uh, so, so it's from the time that I've lived here, uh, I have friends that are in the military and they'll come back every couple of years or so. And they're just like, it blows their mind how quickly this is built up. So this area is, is you know, it's progressing uh, it's becoming more modern. Uh, it is uh, a place where people want to come and live. You know, Chino Hills is known to, to be a really great city and Chino as well. Uh, actually, both are kind of recognized as some of the top cities in the country. Uh, so it's kind of a great place to live and it's been growing pretty steadily. They do a really good job at managing the growth. Uh, you know, there is complaints sometimes about traffic and things like that, but for the most part, it's it's done pretty well. Well, if they're not complaining about traffic, they'll complain about something else. Uh, tra traffic just means people <laughs> like it and people are there. So, right. Yep. <laughs> now, uh, is there any universities or is any partnerships with universities in the area? Yeah, so we're kind of close to several of them. I personally attended Cal State Fullerton, so I commuted. It's about you know twenty minute drive from Chino. Uh, there is Chafee College in in our town so that's a community college uh so that's here locally cal poly pomona is also a school that a lot of folks attend and mount sac is another one uh so in this area we kind of have four com real commuter schools where people will go and travel to those uh, schools that i mentioned uh chafee college is definitely the closest so we do have a campus here in chino uh, they also have campuses in other local cities as well now, do they, uh, does the kind of the business community and the universities play nicely together? Do they collaborate? 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the roles that I'm in and as running the Chamber of Commerce, I'm really trying to facilitate that. You know, I'm pretty new to my role. I've been doing this for two years now officially. And uh, that's one of the things I'm really trying to build on is, is building our connections between our educational institutions and our business community. So we are actively working on that. You know, we have a member of, we've, we've always had a member of Chafee College on our board of directors uh, so that's one that we have a direct contact with. I've been working with Cal Poly Pomona on internship programs, uh, getting their students to help out our businesses and the chamber. Uh, and uh, we also have a collaboration with Chino Valley Unified School District, so our K through 12 schools, and uh, Baldy View ROP, which is like a trade school type program where they're. Uh, you know, educating students and preparing them for the workforce. Uh, so we have a relationship with them as well. Now, uh, because of the pandemic, has there been a lot of pivoting from you as a leader of the chamber in terms of getting uh, the members together? Because, you know, a lot of chambers rely on face-to-face kind of meetups and, and meetings and, and conferences, education, and that is hard to do uh, in today's world. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, my background, I the reason why I got involved in the chamber was I, I still run an online marketing business. Uh, so that was kind of what brought me to the chamber. You know, my target market was business owners and things like that. So I figured I should get involved in a bit local business organization. Uh, so I've done that. And, and that's really helped me uh, during this pandemic because I do have that skill set, you know, uh, using online and digital tools to help get the word out, uh, help uh, educate others, and, and continue to conduct business as usual, with quotation marks, uh, through the chamber. So all of our events, we're still doing all of them. We're just kind of reimagining them in a digital environment or a way where people aren't congregating and getting together. Through our chamber, we, we put on a lot of events, you know, and most of the events we put on are bringing people together. Uh, in, in a closed space, and that's really not something we can do anymore. So it's reimagining how we do that. So we've been do, we've been doing a lot of Zoom meetings for one, but then we're also doing a lot of other things where we're finding creative ways to still get people together, but not together. Uh, so like this month, we're doing uh, we're we're calling hashtag CV Restaurant Month. Uh, so we're encouraging our community to go out and visit restaurants that are that have been hit by the pandemic that are struggling because of it so going to take out and delivery services so so there's like a passport that they've got to try to complete throughout the month and we have 21 restaurants that they have the opportunity to visit throughout the month and then get a chance to win gift cards and stuff like that locally so we're re- we're really trying to help our local restaurants right for this month in particular yeah they've been hit really hard and um that's that's great that you're doing that. That's a really innovative uh, way to kind of bring people together and support the local uh, businesses that need it the most right now. Yeah, yeah, I know they're really appreciative of it. So we're we're happy that we're doing it, and uh, it's a fun thing to do as well. So now, any advice for other uh, leaders out there in order to keep their teams engaged? Because uh, this not only affects your members, but also the other uh, folks that are part of the chamber. Uh, how do you kind of um, stay connected with them so they don't kind of lose hope and they don't kind of get disconnected? Because a lot of the chamber, there's a lot of volunteer uh, folks involved in chambers. Yeah. So like I said, we still kind of run everything. You know, we never took a break on anything. So I know, you know, in, in kind of what you hear from other chambers and organizations is, is that 
you know, in this kind of thing that they said, oh, well, we can't do anything anymore. So it's a lot, a lot of folks just stopped doing things uh, that they would do. And, and I had the opposite approach. I feel like it's extremely important for the business community in general. And I, f- I feel like the chamber represents the business community as a whole. And so what I felt was important is to like model the behavior that a business should be taking, which is that this isn't going to stop us from conducting business. Uh, we've just got to get creative in ways, just like, you know, people who are successful in business do uh, get creative to figure out how we can still offer the services that we provide. Uh, so that's what I, I still do. So I think just keeping doing what we're doing and just reimagining everything in a way that we can keep folks engaged and participating. Uh, you know, all of our events have seen s- significant increases in attendance as a result of this. So, you know, we would experience, we'd have like 30 people that would, we do a weekly event. We call it business at breakfast. We'd have about 30 attendees or so. And we've been having uh, upwards of 50 uh, that are coming for our business at breakfast virtually. Uh, so we're ke- not only are we keeping our current members engaged, but we're also bringing in new ones into our uh, community as well. Now, um, do you think that that's because now, since it's not um, kind of forcing people to go physically to somewhere and like uh, deal with traffic, like you said, and deal with other issues that since they're home, they can just pop onto the you know, video call and then attend. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big, a big thing of it. I know that there are some struggles for some folks, you know, we have a lot of people who didn't grow up with computers are are not necessarily computer savvy. So asking them to get on zoom and participate in that platform has been difficult for some. Uh, but for a lot of others, it makes things a lot easier. You know, me personally, um, it is a challenge because, you know, every Wednesday I've got to drive to the location. We've got to set it up in advance. I've got to take it down because we meet offsite. Uh, so I got to take it all that stuff down. And so, so by when all is said and done, an hour and 15 minute meeting is pretty much two hours. And then on top of that, you're kind of congregating and meeting with people afterwards. So it, it is a lot of time invested into doing those. And now I can just hop on, you know, I, I, when it first started, we're kind of working from home. Uh, so I would be able to wake up, you know, five minutes later, I'm on the zoom call. I'm done right at, uh, the hour 15 minute mark. And then I can actually, uh, get the work done that I need to get work done <laughs> that I need to do, you know? So in a lot of ways, it makes things so much easier, easier to participate. It doesn't take as much time. And, uh, I think the real challenge is the time commitment that it takes to do those in-person ones. So even when you return to, you know, if, as things return to normal, I do anticipate we're going to be doing in-person events, but I also anticipate there'll be lots of elements of virtual events as well. So you think that's going to be maybe, um, I don't know if silver lining is the right word, but something that might be positive that'll come from this uh, after is because I, I, the benefits of the virtual is that that expands your reach. I mean, people from a little farther out can participate. There's a lot of, uh, you're going to attract a, a different uh, crowd. Oh, for sure. And then we've seen that. So we have tons of people from different places that can now participate. You know, we had somebody. Uh, so so what, we have a one of our members. He actually lives in Palm Springs. Uh, so so he's been able to attend. And Palm Springs is about 45 minutes away from us. Uh, so he wasn't able to attend. So he's now able to attend. He's he started raffling off uh, rides out of the Chino airport. He's a he's a he's really into aviation. Uh, so, so he purchased a bunch of these rides. 
He's giving these out as raffle prizes on our business at breakfast. And then he invites, uh, I think it's his son and, and his son's colleagues. They're in the military and they're in aviation as well in the military, but they're overseas. They're coming and attending our meetings and helping raffle off our prizes. So <laughs> we have, a, you know, you have a much larger reach when you can do it this way and you can bring in people that aren't even necessarily in your community, but they can still participate in the things that you guys do. Uh, from a business perspective. Right. Like, so that guy wouldn't have come if it was only in person, right? He had, right. it was the fact that it was virtual that was attractive to him. And then all of a sudden you get this fresh blood and you get this new energy and then new opportunities bubble up. Absolutely. Yep. So now, um, what was, why was it important for you to not only just become a member of the chamber, but to take a leadership role? Well, I had this thought in my head when I started my online marketing business. Uh, I ran a podcast myself for, uh, we did about 120 episodes. And I interviewed one gentleman. He's an internet marketer. His name's Chris Brogan. And he said something, and then I always would like pull out quotes from the interviews. And one of the quotes I pulled out from him was, when I think of ways to make money, I fail. And when I think of ways to be of service to others, I make money. And uh, I just found that then that really resonated with me for some reason at the time, because I was very, you know, when you first start a business, your whole goal is like, I'm just trying to make money and trying to do all you can to do it. Uh, and then so, like people see through that, you know? Uh, so, so I've kind of shifted my strategy ever since then to just be like, I'm here to help you. I want to help you as best as I possibly can with whatever that is. Uh, so that's really what I've, I've shifted to. And I had a thought in my head that, uh, our community, so I mentioned, you know, we're Cowtown type area. I thought in my head that if we could make my, the Chino Valley, the like hub of digital marketing, the hub of places where, uh, of social media and, and internet marketing, then I know that through their, through the algorithms, through Google, through Facebook, through all those things that indicate uh, that point people to direction when you're doing a search or anything like that, that our whole community would benefit from it. And so when I joined the, the, cham- the chamber, my thought was, okay, my role here is, is to help get people to use the online platforms, collaborate with each other, because it will make our uh, online footprint larger, which means we're attracting more people uh, to our, from a business standpoint to our community. Uh, so that's really what I was trying to do. And and I had, to, so when I joined the chamber, I'm thinking I want to be a part of the business community. And when I got here, it was a lot different than what I thought it was, you know? So I was the youngest person when I first joined, I was probably around 30 and I would say I was probably about 30 years younger than anybody in the room. And so, I, so in my head, I'm just thinking, well, this isn't like an accurate reflection of the business community. Uh, so I had two thoughts, which was I could either, get involved or I can start my own kind of thing uh, because there wasn't any other business organizations in town that I found. Mm -hmm. So my ultimate thing was I decided to get involved, obviously. Uh, So I got involved. I I won business of the year in 2012. I was on the board of the directors the next year. I took over as the chairman the year after that. And then, so I was, I was very involved as a volunteer capacity while I'm running my business and then we made a change at the executive director position and uh, I was asked to take it over. I said no multiple times and then finally said yes uh, and then, uh, temporarily. And then uh, that temporarily turned into uh, 
permanently. So I'm very happy that that happened. I think I really like what I do. I know that I'm impacting our business community, especially during this time. You know, I've had people reaching out saying that because of the work that we've done, businesses were able to stay in business. So that's a very rewarding thing to to be a part of. So I'm, I'm glad that worked out the way that it did. So now uh, were Chris Brogan's words accurate? Were you, were you making more money because you were doing all this service? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I feel like my life is enriched as well. So, so, um, you know, in the chamber, you come across a lot of different people and there's a lot of different mindsets uh, that people have. Uh, one of those mindsets is, is very uh, transactional oriented. I'll say is, is, you know, they're there. People come to the chamber and they say, I'm joining the chamber. I expect to get this many people uh, purchasing my product or services, you know, uh, and, and those people never really do well in in the chamber capacity and, and when I'm kind of connected with them afterwards, I don't necessarily see it going well uh, for them personally, you know, successfully in a business either. What I do find is, is that those people that are um, do have that service mindset where they're here to be of service do typically tend to be uh, more successful as time has gone on. And those are the people that I like to surround myself around too. Uh, we, nobody, uh, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I just don't like, I don't like being sold to. I don't like people calling me on the phone, trying to sell me. I don't like meeting people in person, trying to sell me. I would much rather build a relationship with someone that I know, like, and trust and build my business relationships that way. Yeah. Amen to that. And, and people have these kind of maybe misconceptions about what, uh, certain kinds of meetings are like where the person's just leading with their business card and this is what I sell instead of just listening and kind of learning and just kind of trying to serve first. Uh, that's how we run our business here as well. That same philosophy has held true for us. Now, have you been successful in attracting maybe younger folks to the chamber? Are you seeing a slight shift in the demographics? Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things. So so when, I, when I've taken over on the volunteer capacity, so the demographics changed drastically since I kind of got involved. Uh, so like I mentioned, I was the youngest person in the room by 30 years. Now we have people from a wide array of age ranges participating. Uh, I would say 30 and up, though. Uh, we don't have too many under 30 although we do have some uh but for the most part we kind of have 30 up and and it's spread across the age demographics uh from that standpoint uh so so we are definitely uh changed demographically by age uh the one thing that i do feel like we still need to be improved pretty substantially is you know i mentioned before i wanted our chamber to be a reflection of our business community at large and i mentioned we have a lot of manufacturers we have a lot of uh, e-commerce retailers. And we, we have some of the e-commerce that are associated and affiliated with the chamber. Um, but we don't have, we have a lot of successful businesses in town and not a lot of them are, are participants in our chamber. And so that's what I'm working towards is I want it to be an accurate reflection of our business community. And right now it's, it's changed a lot since I took over as the paid role. Uh, so we have added a, a lot of businesses, uh, more successful businesses, uh, but it, it's still pretty heavily skewed towards small business. And when I say small business, I mean like, uh, you know, one to 10 employees um, 
is where most of our membership lies, but we have added a lot of businesses that are, uh, you know, uh, well, we have different categories, but 50 employees and up. So we have added a lot of those since I've taken over. Right. And you just want to let these enterprise level companies know that there's benefits of joining and being part of the community. And um, like they're, they're, you got to kind of articulate the win for them as well. Yeah, exactly. And then we're working on a lot of those things. You know, I think one of the things that people look at a chamber is, is they, they look at that networking thing and they, like you mentioned, they have those business cards that they give out. And that's kind of what people imagine when they, or at least I think that when people imagine a chamber of commerce is you go to a meeting, you're kind of exchanging business cards with people. And, um, and that turns a lot of the the successful businesses off because they don't have that need. They don't have that need to come in and, and uh, be sold on insurance or be sold on, uh, financial advice or whatever like that. But, uh, they do have a need and a desire to be supportive of the community as a whole. Uh, you know, we're working with workforce development, uh, helping secure workforce in our area and help build a pipeline of people that can be employed at these large organizations. Uh, we're working on legislative action. Uh, so making sure that we're looking out for the best interest of businesses as a whole. Uh, so those are some of the things that we're doing that we're, we're, trying to entice our bigger, our, our larger businesses, the need and desire to be a part of our business community to help our business community grow. Yeah. Something you may want to think about that I've seen in other markets is that when you can partner with the universities and then have the universities create curriculum that's specific, it's almost like doing pre-training for these yeah. larger entities that gives them a path and a reason to, to participate and fund some of this stuff on your behalf so that they can then get the talent they need that can just kind of just move right into there. It's like a talent pipeline and these people are already pre-trained because they're learning what they need to do and then they get a job kind of waiting for them when they graduate. Yeah, no, and that's exactly the stuff that we're working on. So the stuff that we have with Bollyview ROP, the stuff that we have with Chafee College, uh, Cal Poly Pomona, those are all conversations that we've started and that are working on. And uh, and we've, we've actually uh, implemented some of those things. So as an example, I've worked with, um, I'm, I'm a, I do a lot of different things. So I do the online marketing business. I run the chamber. I'm also a consultant for the County of San Bernardino on workforce development. Mm -hmm. So we, uh, with roofers, as an example, uh, there is a real need for roofers in our area to find people uh, willing to work in the industry. Uh, so, so we've helped start those discussions between our roofing companies here locally and the local colleges to create that curriculum in order to, uh, develop those develop people into that career. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Well, congratulations on all the success. I mean, I'm sure if you look back at the beginning of this journey to today, uh, your life has a lot more meaning and you're impacting a lot more folks. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, one, one thing that happened recently was, uh, so we've been doing these zoom meetings, you know, and, uh, we had a speaker that was scheduled to speak at this zoom meeting and, uh, so, so they, they were speaking and then the, at some point it transitioned and it turned into, uh, essentially they tricked me. Uh, they were, they were trying to honor me for the work that I was doing for our community. Uh, so, so they, they kind of paused it and then they had, uh, you know, community leaders from across, from different areas, business leaders come in and, and really, uh, share how 
how much the chamber has impacted their businesses during this time. Uh, so that was really exciting to, to see and hear, to know, because oftentimes, like, especially when you're working on a computer, you don't know if it's coming across the way that you intend it. You don't get too much feedback about the stuff that you're putting out there, but you just know that it's important for businesses to be aware of these things, but you don't know if people are looking at it. Uh, so that was really uh, great, and it felt really good to know that that many people were affected and impacted by the stuff that we were doing and how it had a positive impact on uh, our community as a whole, of the businesses that live here and the, the individuals that make up those businesses. So absolutely. I feel really good about the work that we're doing right now. And it's nice that um, they appreciate your, what you're doing. They're not taking that for granted. They, they understand like there was, if you weren't really an active participant, there's a chance, you know, if they would have stayed the course that it could have gone away. I mean, if the bunch of, folks that don't embrace the technology and this pandemic happened and they were just used to going to meetings at the, you know, at the restaurant. And then all of a sudden they're not, and then they just fade away. I mean, I've seen that happen. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and, and I kind of get that sense. I mean, we hear a lot, so I'm involved in a lot of the local or, or the, a lot of the chamber industry stuff. So there's a, an organization called WACE, which is the Western Association of Chamber Executives. Uh, there's the Inland Empire Chamber Alliance and then the U.S. Chamber, and you hear about a lot of chambers that are really struggling right now. Uh, we're fortunate where we're not in that situation, uh, but a lot of chambers are really struggling financially, and uh, and a lot of them aren't going to make it out of uh, out of this. Uh, so, uh, yeah, right. I think a lot of those ones that didn't really do that, not not necessarily because they didn't choose to, but they just didn't have that skill set or that ability, or or a lot of chambers were in poor positions before this started. Right. Um, those ones are struggling for sure. Yeah. And that it takes somebody with leadership skills and also the, the want to uh, ability to make it happen and to move people online and to be able to do these meetings. Like you said, you didn't miss a beat. Like, okay, we used to meet here on, on Thursdays and now we're doing this on Thursday and this is how it is. And then everybody, you know, you don't get everybody, but you get a lot of people and you, you might pull in some new people as you found. Yeah, and one of the things that we did right off the bat, too, is because when this first started, it was just so crazy. You know, uh, we we do an event called the Salute to Public Safety, where we honor our police and firefighters for the year. So that was scheduled on March 19th, I believe. And on March 16th, we got that call that said, you know, no no in-person meetings right. large, larger than 250. And then the next day, it was like 50. And then the next day, it was like no meetings at all. So we canceled that right away. Um, and, and then, but it, but it was like so unclear as what was going to happen, you know? Uh, so we started, so, so we started this thing called Chino Valley leaders webinar and we got all of the legislators that are kind of responsible for that decision-making process in our local area, uh, to come in and share their, give their up to, you know, up to the minute updates on the coronavirus and what was happening. Those were extremely well attended while we're doing those. We're doing them once a week just to keep everybody in the loop. I feel like it's, I feel like uh, the uncertainty is, I mean, it's, there's still a lot of uncertainty, but it's not like that crazy, like what the heck is going to happen next? I think it's that slowed down. So we've kind of slowed down that we're still doing it. uh, We were doing it once every other week and now we're doing it once a month. Uh, But those are, are very well attended. And that was, I know that those helped our community a lot as well. 
Well, good stuff, Zeb. Thank you so much for sharing your story. If somebody wanted to learn more about the Chino Valley Chamber and or any of your other businesses, what are the best coordinates to get a hold of you? Well, the great thing about my name is, is it's very easy. Uh, nobody else has it. Uh, so and I'm on all the social media channels. I mentioned I do digital marketing and all that stuff. So you can really find me at any social media um, at Zeb Wellborn. So that's Z-E-B-W-E-L-B-O-R-N. So you can follow me on any of those social media channels. And then the Chino Valley Chamber of Commerce is ChinoValleyChamber.com. And you can uh, go through our website or our social media channels there. Good stuff. Thank you again for sharing your story. Hey, great. Thanks a bunch, Lee, for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Association Leadership Radio. 